praise God. Who's happy to be in the house of God tonight? Thank you for joining us here and online. And there's just a sweetness of the presence of the Lord here. And I just want to pray right now that the joy of the Lord will encounter you in your homes right now. Because this season is very difficult to navigate. Anyone agree with that? It's very difficult. It's very challenging. But God, by his grace and by his strength, we can get through it, right? And we we will get through it even better than we ever have before. Amen? So I want to pray right now that as the word goes forth, that you will experience the joy of the Lord in this time. So Father God, right now, I thank you for those that are gathering here and online. Father God, I pray right now that you will break the yoke of heaviness after this season, Lord. And I pray right now for the joy of the Lord to encounter us in our homes, in our workplaces, wherever we are, Lord God. I pray right now that we will truly be that light on the top of a, of a hill, Lord God. I pray right now that people will see that there's something different about us in this season because we are coming forth with joy, with strength, and with courage, Lord, in this season. And I pray right now your blessing over the word, your anointing over the word, Father, your covering as the word goes forth online. And I pray your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give God a round of applause. And let us welcome, let us welcome Tampa, let us welcome South Shore, let us welcome Plant City. Because even though we cannot gather together in person, We are still one church, right? We are still together, going through this together. We have not become separated. We are truly one at this time. And I want to just also give a thank you to Pastor Tamara and for Pastor Greg for giving me this opportunity to share tonight. And they're on vacation, so can we pray that God will just bless them on their vacation right now? So Father God, I thank you for our lead pastor. Thank you for Pastor Greg and for Pastor Tamara. I pray right now that their time away will be that of refreshing and refilling, Father. I pray that they will have a good time with their family. And I pray that you will cover them and support them now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I can hear my my mic knocking. Is that really a problem? Anyway, I will carry on. All is well. But anyway, the Lord gave me a vision that I just want to share before I go into my main message. But the vision was of a mom, she was preparing a really nutritious meal for her child. She had spent all day preparing this meal and she placed that meal in front of the child. She picked up the child, put put the child in front of the meal and then the child says, I just want cereal. I was like, no way God, did that child live, you know? Because that wouldn't happen in my household. And I believe the Lord was showing me that right now because In this season, God has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies, right? But we don't get to choose what's on the table. We don't get to choose what we can eat. And in this season right now, what is being put before us isn't easy. It's very challenging. It's very hard. We're having to endure things that we would prefer to put aside. But God is saying it is necessary we go through for our strength for our maturity, and for our endurance. And God is maturing us in this time, even though it's not pleasant and it may not be easy. God doesn't want us to push it to the side. He wants us to trust us in the midst of this time and go forth. Can we believe that right now? So I want to pray right now that God will give us the grace 
to take and partake of what he has put in front of us, even when it's not easy right now. So Father God, right now I pray for everyone that is here and online, that as we are journeying this season of COVID-19 and everything that is coming at us, Father God, that we will not shrink back, that we will not lose heart, that we will not get discouraged, that we will not even ask, Lord God, for, the, for this plate to pass from us. But I pray right now that you will give us endurance and strength and grace. And I pray right now that you will mature us in this season, Lord, so that we, Father God, will come forth like gold, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So in preparation for tonight, the Lord reminded me of the fact that we always have to now wear what? A mask, right? We have to wear a mask wherever we go, whenever we go into a business, wherever we are at. And as I was walking with my mask and going into the business, I picked up my phone, but my phone no longer could recognize who I was. It would not open up. It's so frustrating, right? Anyone feeling my pain? Do you want me to use this? Okay, turn this off. No. All right, there we go. Okay. So... Let me start that again. So we have our mask. We ultimately wearing our mask. But when we take out our phone, our phone no longer recognizes who we are. Because the mask is blocking the ability to see our face. But when we take off our mask, our, our phone works quite fine. But just as our mask can be blocking the ability for our true self to be known, I believe there's things in our lives that can also block the ability for our, our true self to be seen. Such as the sins we struggle with, such as the bondages we have, such as the insecurities, they can, they can start to define who we are and it's not actually a true picture of who we are in Christ because God didn't make us with insecurities. God didn't make us with sin. When God made us and he formed us in our mother's womb, he says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That even when we are defining ourselves and others are defining us based on an insecurity, based on a sin, that is truly not a reflection of who we are. Because Jesus ultimately died on the cross for every single one of those sins, right? Every single one of our insecurities, every single one of our issues. Every single one of our bondages, God paid the price for every single one of those things. He paid in full for every single one of those things. And God wants us to walk in the fullness of what he paid for. But how many of us know that sometimes we don't actually live in the fullness of what Jesus paid for? Sometimes as, as believers, we settle for a reality that is far less than God's best for our life. Far less than what he paid for on the cross for us to be partaking in right now. Because as believers, we should be walking in power. As believers, we should be walking in authority. As believers, we should know how to take the enemy out in the name of Jesus. As believers, we need to be secure in who we are and how God has created us. So anything less than that is less than God's best for us. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Because for too long, too many believers are living in bondage. We're living bound. And my big idea tonight is, resur is resurrected, but still bound. Let me just take some water. So let me say that again. The big idea is resurrected, but still bound. So I want to ask the question tonight. Are you saved but still bound? 
Are you baptized with the Holy Spirit, but still bound? Are you speaking in tongues, but still bound? Are you resurrected, but still bound? I want to talk from the story of Lazarus. And this is from John 11. And I want to talk from the time when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I can't read the whole story because it's a long story. But in short, and I encourage you to go back and read it. But in short, Mary and Martha sent a letter to Jesus telling him that Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. But Jesus delayed. And the time that Jesus actually turned upon the scene, Lazarus was dead in the grave four days. So we're going to read from verse 38. And it says, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who had died, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus came forth and he who was, had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. So what we read from this story is that ultimately Jesus performs a resurrective miracle. He raises, he raises Lazarus from the dead. But even though Lazarus was raised from the dead, you can show the picture of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Even though he was raised from the dead, can you see from the picture? He is still wrapped in his grave clothes. His hands and his feet are wrapped in his grave clothes. His face is covered with a cloth. So even though Jesus had resurrected him from the dead, it did not change his present circumstance. He still looked the same. He was resurrected, but he was still bound. He was resurrected, but bound by grave clothes. So when he awoke and he was resurrected by the Lord, to him, things still looked the same. He was still in darkness. He was still bound. He still smelt of death. He still was alone. Everything looked the same to him. And I believe right now for some of you, that even though you are saved, you have given your life to the Lord, but you're looking at your circumstances right now and everything still looks the same. Things, you still feel bound. You still feel like you're in darkness. You still feel alone. You still feel like you're, you're experiencing decay. This was Lazarus. Lazarus was in that same place. But there's something different about this story now. There's something different about what's happening with Lazarus now. Because Jesus is on the scene. Jesus has turned up in the circumstance. And when Jesus is present... Things cannot stay the same. Your sin has to 
to bow to the name of Jesus. Your bondage has to bow to the name of the Lord. Your darkness has to bow to the name of Jesus because we have sung that Jesus is our way maker. So to me, it doesn't matter how things may look. My God is on the throne. My God is in my situation. So things cannot stay the same. They cannot because that is Jesus. That is Jesus. And he turned up on the scene. And even though Lazarus could not see with his physical eyes, Jesus had changed everything for him. His situation was no longer the same, even though he could not see it. And I believe right now God is wanting to encourage you here and online that even if right now you cannot see it, God has changed everything for you right now in the name of Jesus. Your situation and your circumstance has already changed even if you cannot see it because that is our God. So right now, Lazarus, even though he could not see, he could indeed hear. He could hear the voice of the Lord calling him to come forth. And it's the same with every single one of us. That even if with your physical eyes you cannot see a difference, I ask you the question, can you hear what the Lord is saying to you in this season? Can you hear him calling you in this season? Because our progression forward is not based on our physical sight. Our progression forward is based on what God is saying to us. So if you can hear him, but you can't see it, you can still go forward. Because God is asking us to walk by faith now and not by sight. You don't have to see it, but can you hear him? Can you hear what God is saying to you? Can you hear him for yourself? Do you know God for yourself? There's a vision the Lord gave me. And it was a vision of us in water. And I was like, God, you know, the hair, I don't know about this vision, right? Anyway, it was a vision. We were all in water. We had life jackets on and we were swimming in the water. Then the vision switched. We were again in water. We had life jackets on, but suddenly the life jackets disappeared. So the first one now was us with a life jacket on. And with having a life jacket on, you don't know who can swim and who cannot swim. Because the life jacket keeps us afloat, right? The second one, where we had the life jacket on for a moment, but then it disappeared, it, it became apparent who knew how to swim and who did not know how to swim. So before COVID-19 hit, that was our life jacket season. We had a lot of external forces keeping us afloat, right? We were able to gather together. We were able to come to, into community. We had a lot of people to depend upon. We could go on vacation. We didn't have to wear a mask. There was a lot of things we could do. But when COVID hit and it was all of a sudden, our life jacket was removed. And that then started to determine who knew how to swim and who didn't know how to swim. Because you no longer can gather together. You no longer have the same level of accountability. You no longer have the same external resources. Therefore, it's not an option in this season. The way we are going to stay afloat is by knowing God for ourselves. That is the only way. So I ask you the question, do you know God for yourself? 
Have you built your relationship with the Lord? Are you in the Word? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Because in this season, we cannot be dependent on hearing the voice of God through another person. we got to know God for ourselves in this season. Then you will stay afloat in this hour. So Lazarus came forth because he knew the one that was calling him. He knew Jesus. If he didn't know Jesus, he may have stayed in the grave. But because he knew Jesus and he knew that voice, he came forth. But he says that as he came forth, it wasn't Jesus that went and got him in the grave, right? Jesus didn't go after him. Jesus didn't pull him by the hand and drag him out. Jesus didn't push him out. He just called him to come forth. And it's the same with every single one of us. You can stay resurrected and bound if you want. You can stay in a place of darkness if you want. You can stay in that place of sin if you want. But if you are wanting something different, you've got to start to make some movement forward. You've got to do what God is telling you to do. Even when it's not easy, you've got to choose. Am I going to stay here or am I going to press forward? This was Lazarus. Lazarus did not stay in the grave. Lazarus was not going to stay in a place of darkness. Lazarus was not going to stay in a place of bondage. He decided he wanted out of his situation. And I remember in New York, I was a Sunday school teacher in New York. And one of my, my families that I, I worked with, the mom, she was in a very abusive relationship and I would talk to her and say, you know, maybe you just need to get out of that situation. But she was like, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And finally, she called me and says, I'm going to get out of this situation. Can you come, come with me to the police station so I can, I can put things in order and, and put a restraining, restraining order in place? And I walked with her to the police station. We sat down and I was like, thank God this is happening. We sat down in the waiting room waiting to um, press charges against this person. But it wasn't more than five minutes. She stood up and says, Fiona, actually, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I really think he's going to change. I think, you know what, I'm going to give him one more chance. I'm just, I think he's going to be fine. And even though I tried to convince her, she wasn't having it. She went back into that relationship. And to this day, I don't know whatever happened to her. But none of us can force anyone out of their situation. You've got to one out. You've got to one out of that situation. You've got to one out of that sin. You've got to one out of that darkness. All we can do is advise you. All we can do is walk alongside you, but we cannot drag you out. You've got to want it. So the question is, how much do you want out of that place of darkness? How much do you want things to change in your life? So when Lazarus had come forth, he was actually in the grave four days. So he would not have smelt good. He would not have looked good. He would have looked a bit rough. And if I was him, to be honest, I would have said, Jesus, hang on a moment. Can someone get me a bath? You know, get me some soap. Get me a new dress. The grave clothes look, don't look good on me, Lord. You need to get me some, a new outfit, you know. But no, he came forth as he was. And I mention that because in our Western culture, we are so used to covering things up. Hiding our emotions, hiding our issues, hiding our struggles. So people really don't know what is going on with us. But, but what we need to do is we need to do as Lazarus did. 
We can't be afraid to bring our stuff to the light. We can't be afraid for people around us to see what is really going on. We cannot be afraid for people to know what is happening because that is part of our journey of freedom and and getting healed. Because the enemy does his greatest work in darkness where things are covered, where things are hidden. But when you bring things to the light, he starts to lose his power in your life. So when Lazarus came forth... He did not just come forth to Jesus, he came forth before people as well. Jesus was present, but also people were present as well. And that's where it gets a little challenging. Because we might be okay to bring our stuff to the Lord. Because Jesus already knows, right? He already knows our sin, he already knows our wounds, he knows our hurt. It's easy to bring our stuff to Jesus, but when we need to bring our stuff to people as well, that's a problem. Because people are the ones that have caused our pain. People are the ones who have hurt us. People are the ones that have let us down. People are the ones that have not believed our side of the story. And we might have even gone as far as to say, I'm never going to trust people again. But in the story of Lazarus, Jesus was not actually the one that loosed him from the grave clothes. In verse 44, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. He was referring to the people. So Jesus used people to set Lazarus free. And it's the same with every single one of us. But if we don't allow people into our space, into our difficulties, into our struggles, into our hurt, into our pain, we actually could be missing out on a healing work that God is actually wanting to do in our life. Because God wants to bring healing, not just directly from him, but through people as well. So do you allow people to pray for you? Do you allow people to see your wounds and your hurts and your struggles? Because we all have them. Do you allow people to carry your burden? Do you confess your sins to one another so that you can be free? And that's what it says in James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. In my previous ministry, a lady came for ministry who had to wear a neck brace because she had a car accident. And she has been wearing this neck brace for 16 years. And she wanted healing, obviously, for her neck. So the ministry leader was praying for her, and, uh, but nothing was happening. They were praying for her neck to be healed, but nothing was happening. Then he got a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge was this. Ask her what she was doing in the car at the time of the accident. She went bright red and says, I need to talk to you privately. So she brought him to the side and she confessed to him, I've never said this to anyone But at the time of the accident, I was on the way to commit an affair. And she admitted that and he was able to lead her in repentance and forgiveness. And then he prayed for her neck to be healed and it was healed in a moment. 16 years of suffering, 16 years of pain, 16 years without healing was healed in a moment because she brought her stuff to the light. Healing comes when we're willing to bring things to the light. We should not be ashamed or afraid because there's no one in this room or online that has never done anything wrong. We've all done stuff. We've all got stuff. 
But we need to be able to get to that place where if God is prompting us, we need to bring some things to the light so that we can experience healing in our life. So healing ultimately came when she confessed her sins and that obviously required transparency. Mother Teresa says in a quote, honesty and transparency make you vulnerable. Be honest and transparent anyway. I remember doing a ministry session with a lady who was 90 years old. She said, Fiona, I've never said this to someone, but I'm going to tell you right now. At five years old, I was sexually assaulted. So for 85 years, I have not told anyone and it affected who I married. I married abused, abusive man. My children were abused. My life was broken. And because I never said it sooner, I missed out probably on a lot of healing. And I, I think of that lady a lot because I, because God did a lot in that moment for her because God is no respecter of time. God did a lot for her in that moment. But I just think what could have happened if she had been able to tell someone sooner, if she had just got help sooner. So I asked the question, what are you burying? What have you hidden that no one knows about that could be possibly the source of great healing in your life? In Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We can only carry one another's burdens, right, to the degree that someone is willing to share their burden. If you're not willing to share your burden, then there's nothing to carry, right? So I'm thinking of this man on this bike, if you show that picture of the man on the bike. Sometimes we can be so good at carrying everyone else's burden. We've got so many other people's burdens. People come to us for wisdom. They come to us for advice. They come to us with their struggles. And we're the ones carrying their burden. But I ask the question, who is carrying your burden? Who are you sharing your burden with? Who, are you, who is carrying the burden with you? Or are you like this man where you are carrying everyone else's burden, but no one is carrying yours? God wants us to share one another's burdens, not be the one carrying everyone's burden. So in the story of Lazarus, this was a story of victory. He came forth resurrected, which was an amazing miracle, but he had suffered. He had gone through bondage. He was sick. And sometimes we can get so caught up with the victory side of our story that we forget that at times we need God to come in and touch the wounds and the hurt that we went through. That even if God heals you from a battle of cancer, you still need God to come in and heal the wounds of the things you suffered. Even if God takes a loved one and they go to be with the Lord, you still need God to comfort you in your time of grief. Even if you married again after a divorce, you still need the Lord to come in and heal the wounds of the previous marriage. God has many turnaround victorious stories in our life. And ultimately as believers, the end of the matter is always we win and that is it. We are victorious no matter how things look, no matter how things go, because God has already ultimately paid the price and we win. But in this journey called life, have you allowed the Lord to come into those places where you have been hit and you have been wounded? I think of a boxer in the, in the ring 
and they fight and they fight and they endure hit after hit and they may win victoriously like Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion, right? And he's carrying his belt, he's won the, the, the medal, he's won the victory. But one thing we do not ever notice is the number of hits he had to take to get the victory. He needed time to heal. He needed time for those wounds to be healed. And it's the same with every single one of us. I think of my mother whom I prayed many years for her to be saved. Many years for her to know God. Many years. And I remember the day like it was yesterday when she gave her life to the Lord. It was in a hospital bed. She was dying of terminal cancer. And she gave her life to the Lord and the room was filled with angels singing. And I know that scripture is so true that the angels sing for one person that gives their life to the Lord. And it was a moment of great victory, but victory doesn't look as you think. It was a moment of great victory. And yes, right now she is in glory. And yes, right now she is with the Lord. But I still needed the Lord to come into my life and heal my heart and to lift the grief and to lift the wounds I endured during that time. And it's the same with every single one of us. Because where there has been victory, there has been loss. And where there has been life, there is death. And where there is beauty, there is ashes. So are we going to focus just on the victory and miss what God is wanting to bring in the healing of our wounds in this season? Jesus said to the man laying at the pool of Bethsaida, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? And I leave the same question with you tonight. Will you remain resurrected but still bound? Or will you allow God and others into those wounded places so that you can be healed and set free? I mentioned that sometimes we can make a vow that I'm not going to trust people again because of the things that we've walked through. And sometimes we can say that knowingly or unknowingly. Sometimes we've said it and we don't even know we've said it. But we can have our guards up and not allow people into our life. But I believe right now one of the things that we need to ask the Lord to break is if we've made a vow to not trust people. To not trust people. Because that will automatically keep people at a distance when God actually wants to use people in your life as a source of healing and restoration for you. So I want to lead us now in a time of prayer to break that vow, whether you know it or you don't know you said it. Because many of us can say it after a time of great pain and suffering that we may have endured from a person. And that prayer goes like this. And then once I read it and you're in agreement with it, then we're going to stand and we can say it all together. But the prayer says, Father God, I thank you that through the shed blood of Jesus, I can be cleansed and forgiven. I repent for relying on my own strength instead of yours and for trying to protect myself. I choose to forgive, and you can name a person if you can think of that person, who through their actions, I knowingly or unknowingly made the vow to never trust people again. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I now renounce this vow that I will never trust people again. I break agreement with this vow. And Lord, I bring myself back under your authority and protection.
Help me to continue to build trust with you and others. I ask you, Lord, to cleanse me and set me free from the, from the consequences of this vow. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're in agreement with that prayer or you believe you just need to say it, then I just want us to stand here and also stand online and we can say this together. Let's say it from the top. Father God, I thank you that you that through the shed blood of Jesus, I can be cleansed and forgiven. I repent for relying on my own strength instead of yours and for trying to protect myself. I choose to forgive and I'll give you a moment if you can think of anyone that you feel you need to forgive because their actions might have led you to say you've never trust people again. And you can just speak that out. Okay, let's keep going. Who through their actions, I knowingly or unknowingly made the vow to never trust people again. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I now renounce this vow that I will never trust people again. I break agreement with this vow. And Lord, I bring myself back under your authority and protection. Help me to continue to build trust with you and others. I ask you, Lord, Lord, to cleanse me and set me free from the consequences of this vow. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for us right now. Father God, I thank you for this moment, Father God. I pray, Father God, right now that you will just show us, Lord, those people whom we can trust, those people whom we can open up to in this season. I pray right now, Father God, for those that truly want out of their situation whatever that might be. I pray that you will make the steps clear, Father God, for them. I pray right now that you will direct their steps forward, Lord. I pray that you will give them the grace and the strength to go forward and not go back again, Lord Jesus. I pray right now that you will lift anyone out of a toxic relationship, Lord. Anything that is unhealthy in their life, Lord God, I pray that you will take them out of that, Lord, as they are choosing to walk with you. For anyone that is struggling with addictions, Lord, I pray right now you'll give them a grace, Lord. I pray that you'll deliver them now out of addiction, Lord God. I pray right now you'll deliver people out of anxiety, Lord God, and out of fear, Lord Jesus. I pray right now that you will set the captives free, Lord God, in their homes right now. I pray right now that there'll be an open heaven in our homes. For those who are unable to gather, for those that are alone in their homes, I pray a visitation now, Lord. I pray that you will deliver them, Lord God, in their own homes, God. I pray right now you will set them on fire, Lord God. I pray for a baptism of the Holy Spirit right now, God. I pray pray right now, Lord, a release of your angels, your angelic ground, oh God. I pray right now for the angels of breakthrough in this season, oh God, that will set us free, Lord God, from the things that have bound us for many years, Lord. I pray right now, those who have struggled many years, oh God, with addictions, oh God, with insecurities, oh God, with fear, oh God, that today will be the day when they will be set free in the name of the Lord God. No more going back, Lord God. Only forward, Lord. Only forward, Lord God. And I pray right now that you will help every one of us to trust you and to trust others, Lord God. And to not be ashamed to share, Father God, and to confess to one another what we're going through, Lord. So I lift off shame, God. 
I lift up guilt. I come against the spirit of condemnation. That is not from you, Lord God. You come with conviction, but you never come with condemnation, God. You died on Calvary for our sin, Lord God. So I pray right now we will no longer be silent. That the enemy will not keep us silent. The enemy will not keep us silent in darkness, oh God. We are not alone, oh God, but we are part of the body, Lord. So I pray right now, deliver your bride. Deliver your bride, Lord. And may we, Father God, come forth victorious in this season. So I thank you for this moment and I thank you for this time. And I want to pray right now for anyone that's giving their life to the Lord for the first time. I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. Say this with me, dear God, I thank you that you died on the cross for me, Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me for my sins. And I ask you to live in my heart and help me to live for you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you said that for the first time, you can just text Jesus to the number that is on your screen. And I just wanna pray for everyone now that gave their life to the Lord for the first time. Father God, I thank you, you know. And for those that have recommitted themselves back to you, Lord, we thank you right now, Lord. So I pray that you will get us, get them connected, help them to be connected in community, Father, whether here or in a different nation, Lord. I pray, Father God, that they will get in community, Lord. I pray for a hunger for your word, a hunger for prayer, that they will know you like never before, Lord. I thank you for this time and for this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen.